Welcome to A Suspension of Disbelief. My name is Cindy Parker. This is the fourth episode of the podcast that introduces the city church community to the visual artists within our congregation who are creating original pieces marking the seasons of the liturgical calendar. This week, I'd like to introduce you to Melissa Choi and to her ideas for the Easter art installation. Now, we did this interview before the social distancing measures went into place and before we knew we could not be together as the City Church congregation for Easter. But the picture Melissa develops as she talks about her work can still give us a great image to bring with us to our virtual church service on Easter Sunday. I started by asking Melissa when it was in her life she knew she wanted to pursue art as a career. Um, well, my mom uh, signed me up for art classes when I was eight, and I really loved my art classes. And so that's when I decided I want to be an artist. Uh, I was always making things, and I was really creative as a child. Uh, but the art classes really like made me want that as a career. And so how did you end up, because you're in fashion now, so how did you end up what was the process like pursuing art and then kind of swerving or specializing in fashion? Uh, well, I also learned to sew about the same time. My mom would trade with this lady in our church that knew how to sew and we didn't have a lot of money. So um, my mom would do something for her and then she gave us sewing lessons and I guess I started like making doll clothes and I don't know, I started making a lot of clothes for myself and it just kind of happened. <laughs> I don't remember like a moment or anything, but yeah, it just was like a natural thing that happened. I really wanted to be like a fine artist, but I wasn't really cut out for it, I guess. Like it wasn't, it didn't come naturally to me, I think. I didn't really know what I would want to paint or <laughs> draw so if I had materials in my hand like I knew I could do something with them mm. and um yeah my aunt went to Parsons and for fashion design and I would go to her house she would draw like fashion croquis the um the like fashion figure drawings and I remember being in all of that but yeah she told me not to go into fashion so <laughs> And yet here you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you were growing up, did you feel like you were, you had people around you or that it was a context that valued the artistic part of you? I think my parents really encouraged me to be creative because they, I mean, especially my mom, you know, I was homeschooled from kindergarten all through high school. So she signed me up for, you know, art and piano and like they really encouraged me because they saw the that I had like a lot of creativity. But in my church community that I grew up in, which was really conservative, they didn't really understand that at all. Like they thought we should all kind of look the same and do things mm. the same way, like a very, I don't know, like a Christian culture where everybody does what everybody else does. Right. So did you feel like you had to stifle your artistic nature or did you let it come out anyway, even though you are being judged by that church community? I didn't 
want to tell anybody I was doing fashion design. I kind of was embarrassed about it or I don't know. I didn't want to talk about it because it just didn't really seem like it was compatible, I guess, with what I was Mm. taught in church. And my parents were uh, like small group leaders and like I started dyeing my hair like funky colors and they they started getting people questioning. A true sign of rebellion. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they started like... You know, ha- they had me uh, meet with the pastors to talk oh. about it. Like, what does it mean? It wow. was, yeah, it felt, you know, I just, I really loved God and I was a creative person. I wanted to express that, but I felt like I couldn't. Yeah. So that was really, yeah, it was stifling, but um, I don't know. I felt like fashion was what I was supposed to do and there wasn't anything else that I really wanted to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just did it anyway. I've always been kind of like that. Do you think that growing up in a church community that doesn't value the artistic part of you um, and tried to stifle it in a certain way, do you think it had an impact on how you viewed God or characteristics of God? Definitely. I mean, what I was taught was pretty much God didn't like me the way I was. Mm. Every time I try to show my creativity, like that was something God didn't like. Mm. So you could kind of say like, oh, God doesn't really like me the way he made me. And I think that was really dangerous for me and my creative friends, you know, just being told like you're always looking the wrong way. And and then still being told like, oh, your heart is the most important thing. And it's like, well, my heart is in the right place, but you're just looking at me like, oh, you're so worldly. (laughs) So yeah, that was really tough. And I think I'm still working through that. Mm. And it's been really nice to be at City Church where I feel like they really encourage the arts. And that's really refreshing because that's not my experience growing up in church. Like doing this art project was really, I don't, it's so different. It's one of the things that makes me so excited about this project in particular. Yeah. I love seeing art in all kinds of different ways. I find it so stimulating. And when it's brought into an environment where I too am not so accustomed to it, there's only one other church I've belonged to that really highly valued artist in the community. Mm-hmm. And it was such a stimulating, beautiful church community to to belong to because there were different kinds of discussions happening about who God is and how he values people and that came through the art which was really fun yeah it's kind of it's wrong to say like God only values one type of beauty Mm. and in my career too just working in the like the office that I that I work in like their aesthetic is not really my aesthetic and Sometimes I'm working on things that I think are really ugly, but other people think they're beautiful, you know, and and that's what I realize more and more is like there's no, oh, this is beautiful and this is not. Like my ideas change about beauty. Hmm. I think that that's harmful if we think like all beauty should look a certain way. Like God's beauty is just one look. Right. Okay. So for people who are at City Church who may not actually know what you do, How do you explain your career to people? Well, I'm freelance right now, so um, I don't have one particular job. I do embellishment design 
Uh, so I do a lot of like embroideries. I work with, you know, sequins and beads and things like that for anthropology. And then I also do some styling work. So sometimes I'm working on model and then other times I'm working with uh, product styling. Also with the um, Urban Outfitters brand. So Beholden, the bridal company, anthropology, home studio, huh. and sometimes Urban Outfitters. The fashion industry is a lot more difficult now to get a good job in and salaries are going down. So it's not something that I would really encourage anyone to go in either. I've Sounds a little it, bit like your aunt telling you that and you did it anyway. Well, it's really <laughs> difficult. It's a, it's a difficult, I mean, it's uh, stressful and that's why I quit. You know, after two and a half years full time, I quit and I was like, I'm not doing this again. So... I thought if I'm doing fashion, I have to do it on my own hmm. terms. So, I mean, if if someone wanted to do fashion design, yeah, do it. If it's the only thing that you want to do, which is what I thought about it. Yeah. So otherwise, like I work 12, like sometimes I work 12 hours, 13, 14 hours days. So it's not something if you want like a nine to five and want to hang out with friends and right. have a good social <laughs> life. So. Right. Working on weekends. Do you have favorite materials to work with? Is there a texture, color, or material that just speaks to you? Or does it just depend on the idea you have in your head? No, I mean, I'm not really a favorites person. Um, I just, I get inspired by things and then I want to work with those materials or those colors. But I do love colors and, yeah, I'm really like, um, into textures like fabric textures or patterns as textures uh, so those are things that really like stand out to me that yeah. I like when you say you work with embellishments for anthropology I don't even know what it what does that mean do you design a piece and then their factory replicates it or like yeah. you're seeing your design out on people walking around in center city Philadelphia yeah, sometimes. I mean, the embellishment design can be as mundane as just like, yeah, the the design's already been done. I'm just kind of like cutting and pasting to create like a new layout. Hmm. So that or I could be starting from scratch and coming up with the concepts myself hmm. and doing layouts and drawing, which is really exciting. So You've done a fair amount of international travel. Has that influenced your work as well? Definitely. Uh, I think the way I view color could be different. Uh, I lived in India for a year, on and off for a year, uh, working with factories there doing embellishment design. And the way they use colors is so different mm. than in the Western world. Uh, I also lived in Thailand for a year so. I don't know. I just think other cultures use color so differently than we do. So I think that reflects in like what I wear or how I use color. We have coming up the Easter celebration at City Church, and mm -hmm. you are the one who's creating the installation for us, this um, artistic installation for us. Did you choose Easter or were you asked to do Easter? I think it was kind of like process of elimination. I don't okay. really remember the process. <laughs> Melissa, Easter's left. Do you get to do it? <laughs> <laughs> what is your process like then in trying to figure out 
how to communicate non-verbally for a celebration like Easter? Well, I was trying to think outside of just Easter bunnies and tulips. (laughs) Chocolate. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So at first I was like, what do I do? And then I was thinking about the risen Jesus coming out of the tomb and appearing to the women and how they were afraid. Hmm. And uh, it says that his parents was like lightning. And so I really wanted to kind of capture that aspect of it. Um, So I'm working with like plexiglass, light, uh, reflective materials, like um, sequin fabric, mirrors, prisms. I'm hoping to kind of show the radiance, I mm. guess, the, the word radiance and, yeah, lightning are like the words that I'm thinking of, but kind of making a uh, deconstructed disco ball. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how it's going to turn out. The room is so big and the stage is pretty far away. So I don't really know what kind of impact it's going to make. I think it's going to cast a lot of like light reflection. So at least that will. Yeah. So hopefully the sun is out on Easter morning. Yeah, exactly. So that we have light playing in the church. I mean, I guess I kind of want to, I was saying I want to blind people on Sunday because I want the light to come off the mirrors and I don't know. I want there to be a little bit of uncomfortability yeah why why pursue that the uncomfortable part about easter it's not something that we often talk about i mean i think that the fact that we can't see god and i mean jesus is you know reference is god in man version but when we see like God himself we can't we're gonna we would die if we saw his face so the closer we get to God the more we're confronted with our humanity and that Mm. if we come close to like if we see his face we'll die but I mean kind of the goal of being Christian is to see God's face Mm. yeah I kind of just wanted people to think about that a little bit and yeah when light is shining in our eyes like that's a little bit uncomfortable I wanted that like fear kind of aspect of the women seeing Jesus with his like glorified risen body and his his garments were sh- shining and uh, yeah. his face was glowing uh, so yeah I just trying to kind of capture that yeah. I don't know how it's gonna work but. I love it it is capturing ideas of theophanies when yeah. when God, I always explain it to my students, it's almost like God ripping through the fabric of nature and it is very disruptive. Yeah. yeah I was reading about theophanies and that was really interesting that, um, yeah, seeing like the closest people have come to seeing God was his, you know, Moses saw his back. And then I guess when he came back from the mountain, his face was shining mm. So, yeah, it's just interesting to think about. We don't always talk about, I mean, the fear of the Lord is something that we use that phrase, the fear of the Lord in Christian speech, but we don't dwell on what that fear of the Lord, how it's both positive. It can be a positive thing, even though it sounds like a negative thing. The fearing because of a full realization of his sacredness and holiness 
I'd like to jump in here for just a second because right after having this conversation with Melissa, I read something by the 17th century poet John Donne, who was able to capture the essence of the fear of the Lord much more eloquently than I just tried to do. He speaks of the fear of the Lord as the art of arts, the root and fruit of all true wisdom. He goes on to talk about the fear of the Lord as being most noble and courageous because it drives out all lesser fears that would otherwise diminish rather than build up our character. Easter is the perfect Sunday to be thinking about these things. Okay, let's go back to the interview. It And it is such an interesting challenge, this space that we have to, well, we have, that you have to work with, but yeah. the space that we... <laughs> occupy on Sunday mornings. Yeah, the ceilings are huge and the the walls are, it's just a big space in which to put some sort of art installation and have people be able to interact with it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty tough. Are there ways, like, do you envision ways for people to interact with it? Or is it something more they, they look at from afar or can they get up close and I mean, I hope people can look up close at it. Um, I mean, it will be up on the stage, I think, as of now. So it will be kind of far. Uh, and um, yeah, we're we're trying to do a group show at the end of all of our uh, installations. So that would be a time where, like, I hope it works out so that people can really come up close and look at it. Okay, so I'm excited to see what's going to show up. Um, on Easter Sunday. And before Easter Sunday, if people want to kind of spy on you or see more about the work that you've done or the clothing you've designed, is there somewhere they can go to find that information? Yeah, it's it's all on the City Church website under the art, um, uh, the art column. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you want to see my clothing line that I do with Isaac. It's called Choilin. It's underscore Choilin on Instagram. And and then I have a website for my clothing line that I did with my friend a few years ago. Um, so that's probably the best way to see like past work online. And that's senpaiandkohai.com. So that's how, on the website. How is that spelled? That's oh, it's on the, on the website. website. Yeah, it's easy. So go to Suspension of Disbelief, yes. uh, the visual theology from the City Church website. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. I Thank am you. just excited that you're bringing your artistic skill and the way that you see the world in just different ways. And we and you get to stimulate all of us in the congregation to just think about Easter in a in a whole different way. And I just really appreciate that point of view that you bring. So thanks. I'm super excited about this project. This program is made possible through a vital worship grant from the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship in Grand Rapids. The music is titled As by Fire Between Walls by Joshua Stamper. And thanks to Christopher McDonald for his production help. And of course, as always, thanks to Bethany and Lisa for all their work on this vital worship grant. Do not forget to let them know how you are interacting with and how you are responding to these different installations at church. And maybe bring some sunglasses to church on Easter Sunday. Thanks for listening. 